2024. I can't even believe it. Uh, we are here coming to you live. Uh, I am here with my good partner, Rob K. How you doing, Rob Reilly? <laughs> Rob Reilly, Rob K, Mr. Mel K, however you, want you call, however, however you call me is, is all good, Mel. Um, I am I am great. I am excited to be here. We have a lot of wins today. There's a lot going on in the world. And uh, Planet Chaos is living up to its name. Once again, it's funny, folks. You should realize that we spend all day kind of prepping for the show. And then in the last, you know, half hour, there's a flood of news that we, that we really feel that we need to get to. But Mel, before we jump into everything, let's um, just hit a, a few uh, housekeeping items. So for those Great. of you who, who, who love to uh, see Mel in person, uh, we are looking at... Um, uh, we may do a Trumpster Tuesday here on the 6th of February, which is a local event. I think that's in, uh, where is that? In uh, Jupiter, Jupiter area. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like um, on the uh, 20th, uh, we may be in Tampa. And when I say maybe, uh, we will be there. But, you know, sometimes uh, plans don't come together till the very end. Obviously, we have the Reawaken Tour coming up in a few months. We have the Meet event. Uh, we have, uh, you know, so many things that people are reaching out to us. We're going to be in Washington in May, Washington State. So, so keep up on our events page. Um, and again, and again, you know, independent media. We are not supported by anyone. It's me and Mel um, and a, a very small team of, of producers and people that help with the website. So please support us. Please go to our partners page. And um, whether it's health and wellness, you know, all of these partners are vetted. Um, your financial sovereignty, our, our partners, Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Um, uh, we have, uh, you know, just so much there. My Pillow, of course, uh, and and uh, and many others. So please support us because that's how we do what we do. We and also you can donate to us. And the most important thing is like and share and educate yourself. Uh, make sure you sign up for our newsletter because we know that the censorship is not going to let up. And the one way that we can ensure staying in touch with you is through our newsletter. And Mel puts an awful lot of time into the weekly newsletter. This is not something we just send out. She actually, uh, you know, curates it and, and writes the whole piece, uh, you know, from in a very thoughtful way. So, Mel, you do a great job with that. And we've heard great feedback from everyone. So please sign up for the newsletter. Great. And let's get into all the amazing news, Mel. What are you thinking about yeah, today? Yeah, I mean, before we start, also, I just wanted to add a couple a couple things to what you're saying. It looks like X will be a uh, frontline platform for the information war we are in. It looks like uh, since the big, and we might get into Davos at the end, but if you did miss my shows all week live from Davos with Noor Ben Laden, they are up. Go check them out. We also had a, a recap over the weekend on Saturday that's definitely worth your time, so uh, Nora and I will join up again uh, in May at the World Health Organization event where I'm actually going to go there and be with her on scene. Uh, but do check that out. We might talk about Davos at the end. There were some things that were not covered that I think are worthwhile of le uh, listening to, especially the complete freak out by everyone there about the possibility of another Donald Trump term and how that threatens the globalist billionaire oligarchy. And they seem to be panicking, which is good news, I think. I think yet another reason to vote for him. Um, on top of that, I wanted to say, uh, so at Axe, I never got back the Mel K Show, so we have a new account, at Mel K Show, at Mel K Show on X. Uh, please follow us there. We also do air the shows there and are going to be 
uh, kicking up our live Q&As we've been doing on Sunday nights. We're going to be expanding our horizons to some other platforms, including locals, which you can join right now uh, while you're watching this. And we're going to be starting that this week on Sunday. Uh, so Sunday night on locals will be my live Q&A where we'll still be over at We The People, uh, Mel K., uh, but we're going to have a couple other platforms for the Q&A. So come join us there. Make sure you uh, subscribe to my locals as well to join there. You can ask real life questions in real time. And Rob and I answer them. It's a lot of fun. Um, we tested it out for a month and a half, uh, kind of in our own little small focus group with our first members. So uh, join us Sunday night on locals. Uh, we will be yeah, there live at a, 7. I just wanted to, yeah, I, I just wanted to add. So um the main platforms, as you know, number one, they fully censor us. They're, they're, we, we have zero control there, and they're not going to let us on. So, so we need to find ways to, to reach you and to get this message out to, for this information more. So that's you know, why we have these, a lot of these different platforms that we use. So please uh, you know, make sure you're subscribed to Rumble. Make sure you, you click over to Locals there because we're going to be doing more there. Our Sunday night live stream on our proprietary platform. That's another platform. So, so you know, because of the way that uh, big tech is, uh, you know, uh, is trying to shut down uh, truth and and any conservative voices. Uh, you know, we need to be part of the solution. Uh, we do it here, and we need you guys to show up. So, thank you for those of you who do. And um, yeah, that's 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 the war we're in. Yeah, and I, and I just wanted to remind everyone, I am not on YouTube. They are fake channels. They come up, we knock them down. They come up, we knock them down. Please do not follow me on YouTube. Only follow me here. And once again, reminding everyone, I have never been on Telegram. I am not on Telegram. I do not go to Telegram. I don't sell anything or share anything there. If you are following me there, you are being deceived. I happen to think that I know who has one of my fake accounts and puts up his own shows there. So uh, also just spread the word. If you know that somebody told me that they got a direct message from me on Telegram. I can't believe after all this time, people still don't know that, but just letting you know, uh, so you're not deceived by people over there. So we can't do anything about that. Uh, but everywhere we are is on the bottom of the screen right now. We're also on band um, video and some other platforms, Brighty on once a week. Uh, so we'll just keep expanding wherever we can. And just remember the censorship is going to kick in. So not just me, make sure that you subscribe to the newsletter and the websites of everyone that you follow. Um, as we know, the World Health Organization has partnered up with the, uh, YouTube and Google and Facebook and, um, and Apple and everyone are partners of the World Economic Forum. They're really going to crack down this year, especially because it's an election year, not just in America, but in many, many countries, including Russia. So uh, whether, whether it's election or their new disease X or... Uh, whatever's coming our way, make sure that you have your best citizen journalists that you love uh, on your um, access uh, any way you can get there. Make sure you just keep in touch with everyone in the meantime. We were in the original purge three years ago on YouTube, and it came out of nowhere, and uh, we weren't as prepared as we are now. So be, be aware of that. Um, I also wanted to first start off with Greg Abbott. Um, most of you by now probably saw that Greg Abbott has responded to the rogue decision by the Supreme Court, um, you know, I got to say, turns out a lot of people that were recommended to Donald Trump, including Supreme Court justices, are a little uh, shaky when it comes to the Constitution, apparently. But Greg, Greg Abbott is having none of it. Uh, he has said the failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed 
by Article 4, Section 4 has triggered Article 1, Section 10's Clause 3, which reserves the state the right to self-defense. Um, so the gloves are off when it comes to what is America? What we are is a constitutional republic. Um, and this was by design, as we've said many times, and he's quoting here, uh, several of the founders and why uh, this is a constitutional republic and that the states have a lot of power in America, despite what the rogue regime thinks, because they are a globalist regime that is going direct to the people, skipping the government, skipping the people, skipping the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And we have uh, a stand here. Um, it says here, the failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by uh, Article 4, Section 4, has triggered Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which reserves the state right of self-defense. For these reasons, I have already declared an invasion under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. Um, I think this is a great step in the right direction for America. As I've been saying for a long time, the idea that anyone's destroying democracy or that America is in fact a democracy has always been a gaslighting tool of the uh, globalist elite and certainly the DNC that they control and run and their operatives on, in the Uniparty constantly use this idea that you know they're destroying democracy or worse when they go overseas and violate international law to do regime change you know uh, we got a lot of the obiden regime that have been behind plenty of that overseas um they always say they're protecting democracy you know they went into ukraine a disaster of a place uh to protect some democracy that wasn't even functioning there either um, so we have to be really cognizant that they don't teach civics anymore. They don't teach the Federalist Papers. They don't teach the history of America. And we have to correct people. What they have done is they've conflated the word democracy with freedom. So people hear democracy and they think, yes, I stand for democracy. I stand for, they're, they're, Trump is ruining democracy when it's really them trying to subvert the will of the people that want Trump on the ballot. A million things happening. But the reason uh, for people that might not know, uh, though most of my viewers do, that Hamilton and Madison and Jefferson and uh, the Federalist Papers writers, Jay and, um, and other people, uh, chose to have a constitutional republic was because the founders and everyone in those 10 years towards writing the Constitution, um, they looked at every single kind of governance from the beginning of time uh, basically, they went through Plato and Aristotle. They went back to Socrates, who trained both of them. Uh, they went through Rome and Athens and Westphalian and, and, you know, monarchs and aristocracies and dictatorships and looked at all these different things. These guys put a lot of time, effort and energy into figuring out what best would serve in America so that we would never be a dictatorship or a monarchy under any circumstance. And frankly, um, what really was said by these guys that we need to remember and we need to start uh, teaching again, James Madison said, have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have ever been incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and have in general been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. That was James Madison on democracy. Uh, John Adams says, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There never was a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. 
And um, of course, uh, real liberty is not found in extremes of democracy, but in moderate governments. Uh, this is Alexander Hamilton. If we incline too much to democracy, we shall soon shoot into a monarchy and some other form of dictatorship. And Thomas Jefferson, of course, said, a democracy is nothing more than mob rule, where the 51% of the people may take away the rights of the other 49. Uh, also in their discussions, especially Ben Franklin and others, said that a democracy where 51% rules over the other 49 was incompatible with what they wanted for this nation, mainly because if that 51% is corrupt, treasonous, uh, vile, vicious, immoral, um, or violent, that uh, that would always be a bad thing and that that is not what they wanted. So they went for a constitutional republic. And here we are reminded today exactly why that is. Uh, the Supreme Court nor the Biden regime can override um, the Constitution when it comes to states' rights. Uh, again, another thing that's coming up, not surprisingly, in this in the same dynamic of the lie of us being a democracy, um, and actually a constitutional republic, is that um, the Biden-Obama uh, Biden, oh Biden, Harris regime is uh, obviously going to be using abortion as their big ticket item to win the election. We've seen seven tweets in the last few days about women's choice, women's bodies, women's health care. Um, oh Biden came out and made this bizarre uh, speech. Maybe we'll play the oh Biden speech about uh, the abortion uh, decision. Um, which is also a lie because it did not ban abortion in America. It sent it back to the states where it belongs. Uh, maybe we'll play Biden uh, announcing that his campaign is going to be, it seems, focused on uh, abortion as their winning ticket. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. Yep, there it is. After seven tweets about trust all women, women and their bodies, freedom of women and all this stuff. You know, of course, all those same people said that everyone had to get vaccinated or go to concentration camps. So and what uh, we was that really word salad anyway? What was that word salad? <laughs> I don't know. But it's extraordinary. I know. They, I, know. <laughs> I know, I know, but they're bringing that up. But again, as what Abbott's saying about states' rights, um, abortion also was sent back to the states. It was not a uh, ban. We're not we're stopping women from, from anything. We sent it back to the states. And if you live in a state that is uh, putting in strict abortion laws, like not being able to abort a full you know, a fully viable baby, uh, you know, in six, seven or eight, nine months, uh, then you can fight that in your state. Um, we have a too big of a government that takes on too much that is not their responsibility. And I think it's really important that people go back, read the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. In the book that I have coming out, we actually put them both in the appendix along with the Declaration of Independence, which I would say everyone should read right now because we are in a situation in America where I feel, as you know, we have no left and right or Republican and Democrat functioning as intended. As, as warned by George Washington, again, going back to the beginning, um, he said that if there were two parties opposing each other, and that was where we were headed, that at some point both parties would be fighting uh, for power one over the other. And when one was in, 
then they would get revenge on the other party and then that other party would come back in and um, eventually the people wouldn't count at all. The parties would be the people and the people wouldn't be hurt at all. And uh, that's pretty much where we are at the moment. So if you look at all that and you look at where we are, we really have to start noticing that um, we the people are the ones that have to take back this country and we have the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, luckily, uh, as our guide. Um, on top of that, you know, well, uh, I just Rob, wanted to, um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to jump on one thing, which is this, uh, you know, it's very interesting because, um, uh, we, we know some folks who have been working on, uh, a, uh, take back our border, uh, convoy. And, uh, I don't know if we can throw up the, uh, image of that, but that's coming up on, uh, Monday, January 29th, they're meeting in Virginia beach, uh, and they're yep. driving on the 30th, Jacksonville, Florida. Wednesday, the 31st, Baton Rouge, Thursday, uh, Dipping Springs, Texas, Friday, uh, uh, Dipping to Austin. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're driving all the, all the way to Eagle Pass. And um, so, so I think the timing of this is really interesting. And obviously, we want to have as many, uh, you know, peaceful patriots out there as possible to show uh, this regime and to support uh, the efforts of those that are trying to control the border. Uh, and uh, we applaud that. And so see if you can help out there and, and uh, you know, check out what they're doing and participate if you can. Yeah, and also about the border and what's going on out there. And when it comes to DNC, D Democrat, O'Biden talking points, um, I was on a roundtable last night. It was really astonishing. A woman who has a gigantic channel that is uh, very far left um, and the host, they were both saying that there really is no border problem, that it's made up. And remember last night, Rob, you were looking at me, you thought, oh my God. And they were saying they don't have any data. I thought you were going to jump out of your skin. <laughs> I know, but they said they didn't see, and, and this woman has like 500,000 subscribers on her channel. She said she didn't see any data that the things that are happening at the border are affecting our country. Um, these people just want to come here to get jobs and send money home. I mean, I, I, I was looking at Rob and I'm thinking, is she talking about illegal immigration in 1972 because this was uh such so bizarre and she's a huge huge audience so the talking points on the left must be continuing down a path that there is no issue at the border that it's not affecting our schools it's not affecting our um our hospitals it's not affecting cloward cloward uh, piven strategy it's not our social uh, safety nets um, financially. And, and what I really want you guys to know is that that couldn't be any further from the truth. And if people on the left are, I, I believe this woman believes this, uh, you know, she's got a pretty prominent voice on the left. And she was saying that they're like, that it's not true and that it's largely um, people from Mexico and, and um, South America, which is not true either. Uh, and, and again, uh, Biden and men has released 6.2 million illegal immigrants into the U.S. in the last three years, many through loopholes. And on top of that, we already heard that Biden administration has spent $20 billion on refugee resettlement in just the last two years. So what um, Governor Abbott is talking about doesn't affect just Governor Abbott and Texas. It affects the entire country. And to think that Amy Comey Barrett and uh, well, Justice Roberts, we, we don't know much about him, but to think that um, they would think that it's not okay for Texas to do whatever they need to do to stop the flow in Texas 
for the good of the entire nation is is truly shocking. So I'm glad that that happened. And then also, Rob, we um we we're going to share, but we don't have as much time because I want to get into some uh, global stuff and some really important stuff you need to know about the 2024 election fraud machine that's being built already and functioning that we need to counter. Uh, but I did want to say. Um, Carrie Lake uh, released, as she has long been saying she would, perfect timing as well, um, the uh, GOP chair in Arizona trying to make her take a bribe to get out of the race. Uh, he has since, um, DeWitt, I believe is his name, he has since resigned today. And also, uh, Rob, you said DeWine in Ohio got reversed uh, on the transgender yeah. bill. Yes, uh, the uh, I think the House and the Senate both uh, overrode his veto. And so they are saving children from mutilation in Ohio. So another big win, uh, another big win. Um, uh, so so that 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 um, uh, that Carrie Lake uh, piece uh, where she catches, uh, you know, the GOP trying to silence her voice uh, a, via an absolutely criminal bribery scheme, uh, which, you know, obviously we assume all that's going on, but to have the uh, the recording is just extraordinary. Everyone should check that out. Uh, James O'Keefe just put out um, DC Swamp Exposed Part One, and this is a, um, uh, I guess, a staffer, a Republican staffer who actually uh, supports everything in the uh, Democratic, uh, uh, you know, supports all the the Democrats. And uh, I was just trying to uh, find. You got to read this. You got to see what James is doing. It's extraordinary. So basically what they're saying is that that's an absolute cesspool of corruption, bribery, blackmail, like uh, Cawthorn was talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, crazy, uh, you know, degenerate behavior in, in that that organization. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, all of this is coming out and these are big wins for transparency and truth. So so thank you, James. Thank you, uh, Carrie. And thank you for everyone's fighting for to get the truth out. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming up. We have some great shows coming up. Uh, but I have this great show with uh, Seamus Bruner, who wrote Controlagarchs, uh, that you should watch, too, because there were some decisions made be during the Obama administration. One of the worst I talk about a lot, the uh, Smith Modernization Act, obviously, is let them propagandize us with our own money on a military scale. Uh, that is unprecedented and unacceptable and should be uh, reversed and then destroyed along with the Patriot Act, in my opinion. But um, we do have to remember that a lot of what is going on uh, are because there were laws passed that really just infringed on our rights and on our liberty and need to be revisited. One of them that we discussed this weekend um, is uh, a memo that uh, Matt Tabibi covered a lot when he was still at Rolling Stone years ago, and it's this uh, collateral damage prosecution memo by Eric Holder, actually under when he was still working for the Clintons before he became Attorney General under Obama, and it's it's really interesting. I don't know how much that is playing into the two-tiered justice system and why some people are uh, persecuted or prosecuted, like. Um, you know, uh, President Bush or any of uh, Bannon or, or any of those people um, around him. Um, we, we are praying for Peter Navarro tomorrow. 
uh, is his sentencing, which is completely insane, especially in light of what just happened with Hunter Biden and he's walking out there, but we'll see what happens with that. But this collateral damage memo should be revisited, I think, by people. I guess um, this is after 2008 when um, nobody went to jail for the entire collapse, which really, in my estimation at this point, looking back, was some kind of um, triggering event to centralize banking. But he put out a memo at the bottom basically saying that the prosecution could decide not to prosecute uh, people because of collateral damage, which is undefined, which might be very well why James Comey decided not to prosecute Hillary Clinton for her very dangerous server uh, that was uh, intercepted by God knows who. And of course, she was irresponsible, but not worthy of prosecution. And then we're watching what's happening now, just like Joe Biden's not worthy of prosecution for all of his documents all over the place, including at the Biden Center at uh, Penn that is funded in part by the CCP or anything else. So something's wrong with our justice system. But the good news is now, that that I, might be changing because Donald I, Trump- I just wanted to, I wanted to, I want to comment on that because I thought that was really interesting. So if you think about the way that these people um, use their power, so so this collateral, da collateral damage issue, right? So they come up with this theory and, and we know that they're using these theories to go after Trump and to, for all kinds of, of different things that they're using these these kind of out there theories. It's almost like for reasons of national security, who are they right. protecting, right? So collateral damage to who and what's the damage? Um, you know, transparency and truth, uh, I would argue um, uh, is much more important than covering up someone's crime. So, but but they'll create this, this theory that says that, well, we can't go after, you know, a, a bank executive because it might hurt the bank or you can't go after a political leader because it might hurt, uh, you know, the, the, the view of other people in the country or you can't go uh, or you have to go after uh, parents who go to, to who go to um, uh, school board meetings because they're undermining whatever, you know, the education system. So they create these bizarre theories. And then it, it propagates through their decision making somehow, and then they feel justified. It's extraordinary. Yeah, it looks like that collateral damage memo has to be revisited because that might also be why they're making all these deals uh, with JP Morgan and HSBC and, and all these other companies that were involved in the Epstein case. They're all paying money and nobody's getting arrested or indicted or going to jail. And that might have something to do with uh, collateral consequences and uh, Eric Holder's because what collateral consequences was used for is too big to fail. So none of the banks, none of the perpetrators in the 2008 um, situation, implosion, um, ever, ever were prosecuted, basically. They were uh, able to have um, deferred uh, decisions and pay fines, but nobody went to jail. And nobody's going to jail, obviously, under the Epstein case at all. And uh, Hillary Clinton didn't go to jail or even get indicted for her thing. So this is being used, it looks like, to create the two-tiered justice system. So I just wanted to point that out. If anyone out there has information on that or, or knows more about that, I think that's an interesting thing to go revisit and then look at some of the cases that weren't. Because when you look at what people do go to jail for and then you look at these massive white-collar crimes or child trafficking or the whole sex trafficking or the blackmail or the, you know, whatever was going on with Hillary Clinton's laptop or the Clinton global initiative or any of this stuff that hasn't seen its way to indictments. You have to wonder if that is why um, that Eric Holder crafted something that would protect all these people. Again, he crafted that 
um, memo when he was still under uh, when he was still in the Department of Justice under Clinton. So uh, that's interesting, too. But like I was going to say, the good news is that not only do I fully believe that Donald Trump will be the nominee, uh, I believe that he, uh, as, a, as according to Martin Armstrong, Socrates, and many other people, um, if we do, uh, if we are able to fight the globalist billionaire oligarch that controls our country and uh, have a free and fair, or at least as close to that as humanly possible election, uh, Trump will be in there. So uh, a lot of this stuff can be used, can be reversed, and can be looked at as never before now that it's all coming out. So Trump won, obviously, in New Hampshire. Um, very shady stuff going on in New Hampshire uh, under Nikki Haley here. And I have to tell you, um, there's one particular video. It made me laugh at how stupid it is, but it's also very dangerous and should show us what we're dealing with. Can you run that video of the two kids at, um, at uh, the uh, New Hampshire last night? Christian, who did you vote for and why? Yeah, so thank you. I voted for Nikki Haley, and it was certainly a strategic vote. Um, I think the DNC is fairly resolute in their nomination for Joe Biden. Uh, and while I wouldn't vote for her in a general election, particularly on our differences with uh, climate change solution, a woman's right to bodily autonomy, or uh, incarceration rates, I think a vote for Nikki Haley is helps diminish Trump's influence in the RNC and their nomination, but is also a vote towards democracy. What a, what a champion of democracy. He liked to interfere with the will of the people with his strategic vote, being a Democrat, by the way, uh, because he'd like to hurt Trump. Well, we're going to see a lot of that, and I'm going to talk a little later about some of this election stuff that they're setting up again, um, especially uh, particularly Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg and his group, uh, Zuckerbucks, and uh, there's some developments that we'll get into there, but I wanted to talk real quick. So Nikki Haley spent $31 million dollars uh, in her losing bid in New Hampshire, 70% um, of the voters in New Hampshire supporting Nikki Haley weren't registered Republicans. Um, the result on Tuesday night um, was followed by uh, Nikki Haley also giving some what sounded like a victory speech, oddly enough. Um, it does turn out one of the big Democrats that was supporting her uh, today has pulled out. Um, this is the same person that is funding the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit and many other lawsuits against Donald Trump, frivolous lawsuits, by the way. Again, maybe this is another guy that's benefiting from the Holder memo, uh, but this is Reed Hoffman. So Reed Hoffman has decided um, that he will uh, be pulling his support for Nikki Haley, even though, let me tell you something, Joy Reed and all those people sounded uh, incredibly excited last night, like Nikki Haley's their girl, but we know it's all about Trump, nothing to do with Nikki Haley. And as long as she stays in, we know uh, the truth about her. But I have to tell you, um, not just are all those videos coming out, many more than just that one, but we also found out that Nikki Haley um, actually sent out to her supporters um, some... Uh, admitting that she's actually going after and courting Democrats, which should be alarming to everyone. So she's Nikki Haley campaign manager sends letters saying that Haley plans to use open primaries and Democrats to get the nomination and the delegates she needs to um, oppose Trump. This is so disturbing on so many levels, Rob. I mean, not that I don't think she's a giant neocon and will march us right into the escalation to a, a possible nuclear war and whatever more fronts they want to open and all of her stuff with, you know, how I felt about her at the UN, but also um, 
I guess her, her contract after she left office with, um, you know, military industrial complex and all of that. But now she's openly saying that, um, anyone can vote in Republican primaries in certain States and that she is openly courting, um, Democrats. This is an actual email sent out, um, so then it says uh, from them, after South Carolina, we head to Michigan, which is also an open primary, followed by a closed primary in Washington, D.C., and caucuses in Idaho and North Dakota. Then it's on to Super Tuesday on March 5th, where despite the media narrative, there is significant fertile ground for Nikki Haley. Um, 11 of the 16 Super Tuesday states have open or semi-open primaries. Of the 874 delegates available on Super Tuesday, roughly two-thirds are in states with open and semi-open primaries. This includes Virginia, Texas, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, and Vermont, all with favorable demographics to Nikki Haley. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like... uh, Getting the Republican nomination would be a, a total slap in the face to actual Republicans. But, Rob, it doesn't seem like Nikki Haley and her team care. It looks like by any means necessary. And uh, being a Republican or uh, the Republican candidate is just a means to an end for the military industrial complex. Well, you know, the uh, sociopathic uh, parasitic class, they don't have they have no moral you know, fiber, they, they, they operate, you know, they only know how to cheat and lie and blackmail and steal. This is how the, they have um, garnered their power. This is how they move up the ladder. This is how they operate. So, you know, it's interesting because, you know, good people don't really think in terms of, you know, how can I cheat, lie and steal to get what I want? Uh, good people right. tend to, you know, work through their their, their skills and talents and they, they do hard work and they accept defeat and they, they move on. But these people, they only know how to, uh, they are compromised and they only know how to compromise the system. I've worked with people like this and I've seen how they operate and, and it's a zero sum game all the time. And that's what we're dealing with. That's what we need to root out. These people are really, are, 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 they're terrible, terrible people. Yeah, anyone that's any Republican that's supporting Nikki Haley and watching these tactics, I mean, that was a letter that she actually sent out publicly and is out there publicly. And it literally is saying we're going to use Democrats and whoever we can to make sure that we don't we beat Trump. I mean, this is just really bad stuff. I, I This is again, I don't understand who's hiring, <laughs> who's hiring these campaign managers and stuff. I felt that way about uh, DeSantis as well. But my God, um, like you said, another way of gaming the systems. And I brought up the Smith Modernization Act as the legalization of government propaganda used against we the people. Um, a bunch of billionaires came in the globalist billionaire oligarchy America edition. Uh, came in and bought a lot of newspapers and magazines when um, the internet took over. Newspapers and magazines, the hard hard copies, were not doing well anymore. So we had Jeff Bezos by um, by the Washington Post in 2013, for, right after the Smith Munt Act passed, by the way, uh, for 250 million dollars. Washington Post always considered a mockingbird media, CIA, uh, intel agency run operation anyway. But um, right after the legalization of propaganda against us, uh, oligarch globalist billionaire Amazon founder buys Washington Post. Now, uh, Patrick, uh, Dr. Patrick Soon Shung, Shing, uh, biotech and uh, startup left billionaire, purchased the Los Angeles Times in 2018 for $500 million. 
and uh, Mr. Digital Twin, uh, Mark Benioff, also World Economic Forum uh, board member, uh, he and and Salesforce owner, uh, he bought Time Magazine in 2018 for 190 million dollars. And as we've seen with their headlines and their covers over the last few years, uh, there's not really a big surprise as to what is going on there. The Los Angeles Times just had to lay off a bunch of people. Um, I think we have a bunch of their headlines uh, in the last year or since they've been bought. Um, Time Magazine is having issues. Washington Post is laying off people. Um, and what's happening now is that these people trying to game the system, trying to control information, uh, trying to have their globalist agenda 2030 and 17 goals met by any means necessary, uh, made a big bargain. And it looks like their bargain is uh, failing. Um, apparently, the Times was on track to lose $30 million, 30 to $40 million in 2023. Um, that's Los Angeles Times. Uh, and then it looks like uh, also the Washington Post has lost a staggering amount of subscriptions and losses up to $100 million. And these are these are wins for we the people, certainly for the citizen journalists like myself out there uh, that have come in to fill the, the void and the gap of the intel media and the controlled globalist media that is not telling people the truth. But also uh, Time Magazine, Washington Post and Los Angeles Times have bought into diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, the lie of systematic racism and white supremacy being the problem in America. They've uh, gone hardcore against the MAGA Republicans. They think 80 million yeah. people in this country are are the deplorables. So if the Atlantic also, that's another globalist billionaire oligarch, uh, that would be Laureen Powell Jobs hitting it all the time on the screen now. That's the Molly Ball famous interview. Uh, I mean, famous article bragging about the, the saving the 2020 election. Uh, but in there, yeah. you can read about the Transition Integrity Project. And we'll talk about them in a few minutes. So, you know, it's a lot of failure on the front lines, but not by uh, certainly accident. Uh, they have been betrayed. They, they have been betraying uh, what their purpose was. The reason that we have a, a press that has so much access is because they're supposed to be skeptical. They're supposed to be working for we the people. Again, the lie of democracy. You can't have a democracy if the information you're getting is false or siloed or if the government is running it with the intel agencies and spewing out misinformation and disinformation to benefit a globalist global governance, uh, multinational corporation, uh, bank intertwined uh, story and narrative, uh, mainly uh, coming out of the World Economic Forum partners and BlackRock Vanguard, who owns a lot of these groups and the Council of Foreign Relations. Um, so, you know, we really have to keep an eye on that. And speaking of the Council of Foreign Relations and a lot of scary stuff that has been going on on top of that, and this is what I'm saying about uh, panic, des panic in D.C., as they'd say, and desperation. Um, most of you saw Alex Soros put out a tweet, which was actually from The Atlantic, a uh, picture of a bullet hole and $47 that uh, many people commented on looked like a threat. Um, but that's the only threat that's out there, and it's very... Uh, disturbing that Alex Soros would do that right after his panel at Davos about elections, which we'll get into later in the show. But um, on top of that, we had a Council of Foreign Relations um, fellow, uh, Jacob Ware, put out an article about assassination attempts are on the rise worldwide. Is the U.S. next? Uh, hello? Uh <laughs> 
So this guy wrote this article, and he's talking about barely one day passed in 2024 before another reminder was issued of one of the most serious developments in national security and terrorism, the increasing prevalence of political assassinations. So he put that out. Um, then we had uh, also Rick Wilson of the, uh, of course, the vile Lincoln Project, uh, not only put it out, but uh, can you play the Rick Wilson clip talking about Donald Trump and assassination, please? And the donor class can't just sit back on the sidelines and say, oh, well, don't worry, this will all work itself out. They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. Okie dokie. So, uh... I don't know. You got to say all these people openly threatening Donald Trump. First of all, I hear that he is very, very well protected and not to worry. But we should all be playing, praying for him and his family because these are open threats. And again, the threat against Donald Trump and frankly, the threat against America is not American. It is not. The, the Democratic Party is fully captured. Uh, the entire Uniparty is fully captured, in my opinion. But it is the globalist agenda that Trump threatens the most. This is not about democracy. It's not about America. It's not about that. As I keep saying on every show, we were all saying, and Trump himself said, they're not after me. They're after you. I'm in the way. I assure you, and I covered it in depth with Nora this week, and Nora and I both covered a lot, as do other people. Um, they are not after America. They are after the world. And America is in the way. They have all signed in blood, apparently, up for, as Obama signed us up for in 2015, Agenda 2030, and then further agendas, which are way worse than that. But 2030 is the deadline that they've set for themselves for the globalist, totalitarian, one-world global governance uh, machine and their 17 development goals for the world, basically, because these people that are in this regime, this World Economic Forum, UN, HYDRA, uh, they run, uh, they think that they run the world like a parent company of the planet and that none of our um, nation states should exist. And like we keep saying, um, the World Economic Forum, the UN, UNESCO, all of these places cannot survive without America, but America can and will survive without them. And I believe that that will be a priority of Donald Trump in uh, his next term. Now, I wanted to move on to some other wins, uh, but Rob, I wanted to go to you for a minute before we move on. Um, a lot of this assassination talk is, is getting more and more. Uh, we've heard it also on The View. We've heard it on MSNBC, um, that big giant guy that they always have on it with big white hair that's always on there. I don't know his name. I don't even wanna know his name. Talking about assassination as well. Um, this is really dangerous stuff. We are a country that was traumatized. I believe the actual coup against America happened in, in um, November of 1963 with the murder of our president by, I believe, uh, some of these same people. And ever since then, we've been in one cover-up after another cover-up, and nobody's been held accountable. Again, we have to look at why that is and how this is going on and on. But, um, Rob, any thoughts about all of this uh, open, overt uh, threats against the life of Donald Trump. Yeah, I think it's a few things. Number one, you know, these people, uh, so we know that we're in an information war and we're in an information war because these, uh, as uh, Seamus uh, Bruner said, the uh, control oligarchs, uh, you know, this is how they've, you know, as I said, this is how they cheat, lie and steal by, by you know, through their messaging. And, and Kathy O'Brien talks a lot about you know, this programming and we see it in, in the music and we see it in Hollywood. So whether it's predictive programming or it's actual programming through, 
um, repetition and, you know, put and also putting us in a state of agitation or fear, you know, they use the, the, the like the neuro linguistic programming. So they bring in these ideas and so that, that maybe they wouldn't be so um, scary if it happened or it's predictive or they're messaging amongst themselves. You know, I think what they're really afraid of in addition is, is really we the people waking up, we the people standing up to them, because as you've said many times, is that, you know, there's only you know, a few thousand or, you know, of them and there's, you know, billions of us. And if we see what they're doing, they can't do it. So they are desperately trying to, you know, keep the wool pulled over our eyes and not look behind the curtain. The curtain is falling down and we are seeing what they're doing. I all think I think that's all a big win. It's just it's just failing, failing, failing. All these uh, papers and and uh, publications and the the ratings on on all the mainstream media is going going to hell. So um, that yeah. you know clearly the the majority is the majority. But it, and it's not silent, but it's 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 undisclosed because the mainstream media won't let it out there. Yeah, and it's it's it, there, there's a lot of panic because what I also noticed, Rob, is that um, two Democrat congressmen are backing a proposal to prohibit uh, private uh, militias in America, and um, and they are doubling down on all of the gun stuff. So uh, it looks like the Biden Harris uh, campaign 2024, which will probably in my opinion as you guys know i believe that he will not be the nominee but for now he is uh another big thing they're pushing is gun control gun gun confiscation uh they're they're banning an armed militia uh we all know that the january 6 narrative is falling apart in fact today we had on um alpha warriors uh story but we're having on more stories as many as we can we had on um bill shipley we've had on um uh, Baker, whose story is amazing and it's coming out and they're fighting, they're going on the offense with his case, uh, Steve Baker. So the truth is that the January 6th is falling apart and they are, uh, I think, panicking because the entire gun uh, grab, which is their, you know, biggest thing they need to do to get their totalitarian regime in place uh, is failing on multiple fronts. And then you I know saw I something that, that, yeah, you know, uh, whether it's abortion or guns, these are two of the most kind of uh, um, you know emotional issues that they've been feeding for decades, right? They're trying to get their base riled up on these really emotional issues where people can't think. Like so, when you know they they interview someone and they uh, they ask them you know why don't they like Donald Trump? They 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 don't have an answer because it's all emotion and programming. So. Going right to the abortion thing and right to the guns, that gets right to the the you know the the the, the zero information base that they uh, play off of, and they use that to uh, garner support. But but it, it's failing because people are seeing through it. Yeah, and also, I mean, this isn't just in America. We got to remember right now, uh, we the people of the United States are uh, uniquely. Uh, you know, placed right now on the planet. Like I said, uh, all of these things need America to be a part of it. And a lot of what's happening, uh, I, as you know, I believe that we are in the middle of a color revolution and it's the same players that have done them all over the world, the Five Eyes uh, people and the National Endowment for Democracy, a lot of these globalist NGOs are pulling a color revolution here, but also around the world. But don't forget, 2024 is a year where we are seeing populism, and which is a good thing as the World Economic Forum and UN and all the globalists say it's a horrible thing, that uh, nationalism is a terrible thing, wanting your nation state to have borders and, and be uh, self and auto-determining. 
uh, is a bad thing. Ask Rockefeller, you know, or go read the tome Tragedy and Hope, and you'll know exactly what they want as a supranational government of global governance. But um, we have many, many uh, nations that are having elections here, and they are panicking. The globalists are not happy about this uh, turn of events. They were mocked all over the world during the World Economic Forum and the COP conference. This was a massive, uh, you know, I love that guy, Damien, that puts up the funny videos where he puts himself in. It was so great. And then the guy from the Heritage Foundation just knocked him down, the guy from Argentina. But we have elections in 60 countries in 2024. This could change the world. Uh, and look many, what's happening ways. all over, right? I mean, you, right. We, we talk about it. Germany, Italy, France, Spain. Uh, I think I saw Lithuania. Um, Poland. Ireland. Yeah. Poland. Ireland. Yeah. Canada. They just decided in Canada that uh, Trudeau and and that Freeland, oh boy, she's a piece of work, that they uh, that it was against the law what they did with the Emergency Powers Act. We need that to happen here too. But again, that might be that but that might be that or a colder memo that is holding all of these uh, all of these prosecutions and indictments back from these powerful people because they say, well, the collateral damage, we don't want to hurt the entire institution. So we're not going to hold anyone accountable for anything in the government ever because it's too big to fail. That is the thing they set up here. But I'll tell you what, we got elections in India, Russia, South Africa, Pakistan, Britain, Indonesia, and the United States, as well as the European Union. So I tell you what, uh, America needs to stand tall and stand strong and lead the way in the fight for freedom for the world, not just for ourselves, um, because a lot of them get um, there's a, with the new EU law, that's basically a giant censorship boondoggle and what's going on with uh, censorship in Canada. You know, they are getting a lot of their news from the, us. So we got to stay on top of that. Also, Rob, a lot of things falling apart in um, the Trump persecution cases all over. First of all, the E. Jean Carroll stuff is so off the charts. And that Reed Hoffman that was funding uh, Nikki Haley was also funding this lady. Well, on the stand, Alina Haba was doing a great job. But as you and I have discussed many times, for people that have never been to Bergdorf Goodman, let alone in their lingerie section, uh, we lived in New York for 20 years. So uh, I have to tell you, not only is the story impossible, but at Bergdorf Goodman, you could not get into dressing rooms without a person letting you in with a key. And they literally stand there the whole time because it's probably the most exclusive, expensive department store on the planet, or at least in America. And um, and the whole story is implausible, but she was all riled up on the stand and it looked very bad. Um, so I see that case. Both of those cases with her uh, need to be revisited in appeals, God willing. But also, uh, Rob, crazy stuff going on with Fannie Willis in Georgia, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, this I mean, it, it, all of these cases are based on on essentially nothing. They're covering up their crimes and they're trying to create this narrative that they're as I said, the zero information, uh, emotionally charged base can uh, hang their hat on, but there's nothing there. There's no, there's no hat pole. Right. Um, and Georgia Senate uh, is authorizing a subpoena uh, and an investigation uh, into alleged corruption of Fannie Willis. And also his divorce uh, is coming into it too. And Fannie Willis was trying to get out of having to give a deposition in his divorce as well and it looks like she won't be able to um avoid that uh, of course Br brian kemp was in davos this whole past week not sure why but um he uh was holding off on allowing an investigation into her 
But, um, you know, Fannie Willis is behind the um, the persecution of Trump in Fulton County, where there's other news coming out. Uh, but again, um, Nathan Wade, her boyfriend, uh, is the lead special prosecutor that has no experience prosecuting RICO cases or uh, and has paid been paid about seven hundred thousand dollars. But now we know uh, a bunch of that money went towards uh, trips with her. And uh, also um, had visited the White House and conferred with Joe Biden's um, White House counsel and other people there. And then we also know that um, in their divorce case, uh, there's a lot of things coming out about spending and um, her relationship with him that, you know, is clearly a conflict of interest on top of that. Um, so that looks like that is falling apart. Um, we also have the allegations about Jack Smith that haven't really gone anywhere, but, um, they may, and they could. So, but it does also appear that the Jack Smith case will not be able to be done. It, it appears, I'm not saying for sure, but if you look at everything that's coming out left and right, uh, the Jack Smith cases look like they may be delayed. Uh, and if they are delayed, they could be delayed too late to, uh, cause at this point they're just interfering with an election. Once he's the candidate, then, you know, I would think that the same thing that they used for, um, uh, Joe Biden would be applicable to him, but we are living in an upside down captured world where our constitution bill of rights and what we, the people want is not front and center for the O Biden regime. But, you know, uh, it does look like a lot of these cases are falling apart. Um, your thoughts on what's going on in Georgia with Fannie Willis, because there's other things going on in Georgia with Raffensperger we'll get into, but thoughts on Fannie Willis and her boyfriend. Well, the whole boyfriend thing is really extraordinary. Obviously, he was totally uh, um, unqualified uh, to, uh, you know, to adjudicate this case. He, uh, you know, he's been extraordinarily rewarded, uh, you know, as with these people fail up, Um the relationships there and the, all the salacious stuff going on. I mean, this is just par for the course, the way these people operate. Um, there, there's no, they have no morals. They have no ethics. They have, everything is a zero sum game. And the only way that they can win is to cheat, lie, steal, bribe, and blackmail. So, yeah. um, yeah, this is a, you know, this is standard operating procedure for the way that, uh, the other half, uh, operates. And, uh, you know, we're starting to learn more and more about it. It's coming out, like daily, if not multiple times a day. Cuomo is suing, is suing Letitia James because he uh, he has a real problem with what she did to him and wants to see evidence that he says she is not uh, giving to him so that he can do what he needs to do. So that lawsuit against Letitia James, again, all Soros attorneys, we'll get into Soros a little later and his son, um, but also Ed Meese, you know, the former attorney general under President Reagan, uh, he's come out and uh, put in a uh, filed a friend of the court brief with multiple other um, legal veterans of our country, arguing that Attorney General Merrick Garland's appointment of Jack Smith, a private citizen, is in violation of the appointments clause of the Constitution. Um, we also have Alvin Bragg. A lot of questions now are arising about his past. So it does look like they've picked um, attorney generals and uh, DAs that are somewhat compromised or manipulatable or, uh, you know, m criminals themselves to some extent uh, certainly have a lot of inappropriate situations going on. So they didn't really, uh, I mean, I guess that they didn't care, but maybe they should have vetted these people a little better before Soros funded them to get into office. Um, again, we also have another 
<laughs> Another Atlanta development. Stacey Abrams is probably really, really worried, you know, because her and her friends had nothing to do with anything that happened in 2020 in, uh, in Fulton County or the rest of Georgia. But um, uh, the seven year long federal lawsuit of curling versus Raffensperger finally started in a Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia courtroom. Um, and that is the case that challenges the constitutionality of the Dominion voting machines, arguing that the touchscreen ballot marking devices fail to create a voter verifiable ballot because the actual voter intent is contained in a QR code that cannot be read by the voter. Um, basically, uh, last year, uh, over the last few years, this has been going through the courts, but it now comes in. Um, and the uh, voter, uh, Georgia voter GA, Ricardo Davis, was able to insert himself as a co-plaintiff and retain his own counsel, attorney David Olis, to represent him in the case. This was in addition to a team of lawyers already arguing the case and other plaintiffs uh, sitting in the courtroom. Um, during the proceedings, uh, a lot happened, but the co-plaintiff's team of lawyers, uh, led by David Cross, have gone as far as objecting to um, Olis during the extremely limited questioning, and it's gone back and forth um, during the questioning of UC Berkeley professor Philip Stark. Um, they were only granted a couple questions, but Stark and then uh, the um, Jay Halderman uh, had incredible evidence about a lot of things in the back end. Um, Dr. Halderman testified last week and was able to hack into the Dominion ICX BMD system in just five minutes. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, five seconds. Uh, so uh, how Dr. Halderman was able to hack in in five seconds uh, using a ballpoint pen. Uh, this was an overall uh, uh, win because uh, it revolved around the legality and vulnerabilities of touchscreen uh, systems. And the case uh, was basically ignored until now, even though the vulnerabilities were known. Um, also, uh, Raffensperger has been MIA so far in this entire thing, but um, basically what has come out is that uh, a digital ballot image is required by the Dominion voting systems to produce tabulated votes for the ballot, um, and digital ballot images are election records that should be retained according to federal and state law. Um, and so a lot of these different things are coming into play. It's technically impossible to have more certified votes than ballot images if the election process are followed correctly. Uh, so 17,852 certified 2020 Fulton County votes have no original ballot images, uh, image files. And additional voter GA research corroborates Dr. Stark's finding that 17,000 votes have been have missing ballot images certified votes that have missing ballot images in is an indication of election vote tampering uh 376 plus thousand original dominion ballot images image files for certified fulton county 2020 election are missing uh the missing original ballot images files made it impossible to audit the georgia 2020 election so um Halderman and Stark have put out a lot of stuff. Halderman put out all different uh, evidence, all about malware, hacking into the machines, how easy it is to manipulate the machines, and um, that the process uh, was uh, deficient, that they didn't prepare, and that they knew about the vulnerabilities and did nothing. So again, uh, Raffensperger uh, is, is uh, paramount to the Fannie Willis case because, as you recall, they are saying that Donald Trump called and said to find votes 
uh, what he said was that um, was not to find votes. He was saying that there were anomalies and all of us know about Ruby Friedman and all that who sued, um, you know, uh, Rudy Giuliani and is one like a hundred million dollar uh, judgment somehow. D.C. is a disaster over questioning the same election that all of this came out in. So, Rob, you you want to comment on all of this stuff going on with the elections in Atlanta and what uh, they've put Giuliani and Trump and all of those lawyers that Fannie Willis also uh, put through hell with lawfare and that are, you know, basically bankrupting them over all of this. And now we are hearing in court, um, both Stark and um, Halderman, giving plenty of evidence that there was a huge problem in Atlanta. And the Fannie Willis case itself seems to be a total fraud. Well, um, it's all very surprising to me because uh, uh, we were told this is the most uh, secure election in the history of <laughs> elections. And uh, uh, so I, I don't even know where this is coming from. But if you do, uh, you know, uh, study history the way we do, and uh, you, you'll understand that that uh, the uh, voting machines, uh, cheating is a feature and not a flaw. And that's why they were instituted uh, many, many you know, decades ago. They were contemplated and then brought in. Uh, we have people that have been in those, uh, you know, um, in those administrations, and they had talked about using these machines. We know the origin of the machines in, in Venezuela and how that was used. Uh, we know uh, about, you know, so there, there, there was never any um, uh, cheating, but, but we know that they were connected to the Internet, but there's no evidence, right? But there is evidence. Uh, we know about the uh, voter rolls that are, are fake, but, you know, dead people are fine. And, you know, you can have 50 people living in a two bedroom apartment. Um, you can, they, you know, they expand the voter rolls. Uh, we have, uh, you know, a ballot harvesting, mail-in mail -in ballots. We have ballots that were mailed in that are increased. We have ballots that were printed uh, that be, and they were supposed to be filled out by hand. I mean, it's extraordinary amount of evidence. And, and they kept saying, there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's no evidence. I'm glad that we're seeing some of this granularity and it's coming out, um, but we've known it all along. It just takes a while to uh, rise to the surface. And don't forget what we were talking about with Jovan the other day, which is that um, when people register for, um, uh, when people get their licenses, which now in many states, illegals can register for licenses, they're automatically signed up to vote. In New York, that's, uh, that's they, you're signed up to vote if you get, you know, food stamps or whatever else, mm -hmm. you know, or unemployment during the pandemic when we got, you know, New York... Every day, they, they were sending <laughs> so Yeah, and but on a lot of that stuff, especially the unemployment paperwork, every single time you you got one, it also asked you if you wanted to register to vote. And don't forget that executive order that I went through about the Justice Forty and some of the other stuff, where the Biden regime immediately put in an executive order for an all of government voting um, movement that went through every government agency to make sure it's a get out the vote, which we'll get into in a minute, what exactly is going on this time. Uh, but basically it is a diversity, equity, inclusion, voting, um, promise that every agency that gives out anything from Medicaid to unemployment, to labor, to any of that, um, also can be somewhere that you can register to vote. 
Uh, and of course, in the in the literature that you're getting, at least in New York City, it says basically if you don't vote for the Democrats, uh, you will not you will not get your benefits anymore. So you better vote for Democrats. It is a very insidious thing. It was the O Biden um, executive order on equity and voting, all of government. Um, which uh, is is pretty disturbing because that is not an all of government thing. And actually it should be a state uh, and a county situation. But on top of that, as you brought up, um, Chris Krebs from SISA, that's a cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. Um, they uh, remember he was on the stand and he said it was the most secure election ever in 2020, despite everything we covered about the transition integrity project and the pandemic and all of that. Chris Krebs got up there and he said that that was the case. But now we find out because Stephen Miller and America First Legal have filed a lawsuit. Um, this lawsuit has uh, is because unearthed new documents showing that the deep state, which would be uh, all of the globalist billionaire oligarch owned uh, NGOs, think tanks, uh, military industrial complex, intel agencies, all the all the people that did not want Trump to win in 2022, I mean, 2020, um, they all apparently work together, but turns out that um, they actually put out SISA, a mail-in voting risk infrastructure and process documents um, uh, warning people of the risks of the mail-in ballots and some of the other things that were changed in um, light of the pandemic. Very interesting timing for all of this, but um, so they did a nice uh, job on that that uh, little uh, image there. They must have uh, put a lot of thought into that. Yeah. So this is uh, this is not new, which is very scary. And what we're dealing with now is that it appears that um, they not only knew, but that Bill Barr also was aware of what was going on here, which is you know disturbing on top of everything else that we know about Bill Barr. Uh, so DHS was warned of integrity of mail-in voting in 2020 election. Uh, and at the same time, what happened? We know that the Aspen Institute and uh, the intel agencies started censoring and banning and kicking off of platforms anyone that said that mail-in voting was uh, dangerous and was a way to cheat, even though the HBO documentary in 2016 had the Democrats saying the same thing. Um, so the vet federal government um, basically uh, in 2020 uh, got involved in censoring people that were questioning the uh, mail-in ballots and some of the, and the drop boxes and all of that. Meanwhile, SISA had already warned them. So the SISA documents that were released on Monday show the agency's concerned about mail-in voting while it was also moderating online opinions that were expressing such concern. So basically it says that... Um, there was no cre credible evidence supporting the claim that in-person voting spread COVID-19 and that mail-in and absentee ballot voting were indeed less secure than in-person voting, precisely as Donald Trump uh, and Attorney General Barr and others had said, uh, but that was censored silenced after that. The government and um, the social uh, media and mainstream media companies covered up all of this, even though they knew that at that time. Um, using unlawful censorship, and especially the fraudulent and very fake fact checkers over there at USA Today, Pointer, uh, AP, Reuters, uh, PolitiFact, NewsGuard, all said it was fake news that the vote-in mail was dangerous. Um, so basically, uh, it was the same people behind the Russia collusion and the Ukraine impeachment and the Hunter Biden laptops, you know, all those same people said that there was absolutely no concern 
with mail-in ballots, even though uh, the size of chart that we showed earlier listed the risks specifically on a chart that does not look like it was just made overnight. So uh, it goes through all of that, which should question right now what we are doing about 2024, which I'll get into in uh, in a moment because there's even more stuff going on. Judicial Watch sues Defense Department for details of alleged conversations between CIA employees seeking to get rid of President Trump while he was in office and leading up to the 2020 election. Sounds a lot like the Molly Ball article where she basically said, wink, wink, we saved America in 2020. Thanks, Norm Eisen. Uh, so basically, so this is another uh, lawsuit along the same lines. Judicial Watch announced, God bless Judicial Watch and now America's first legal. They are doing phenomenal work. Um, so they announced they filed a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Defense for reports submitted by military officer to his superiors regarding an alleged conversation in January 2017, when Trump was still in office, guess with whom? With the uh, Ukraine whistleblower that we couldn't say his name for whatever reason that we actually allowed that to be real, and Adam Schiff threatening everyone, Eric Cimarella and Sean Misko about trying to get rid of then-President Donald Trump. Judicial Watch sued after Department of Defense failed to respond to a January 14, 2022 FOIA requests for any and all reports submitted by U.S. military officers assigned to the National Security Council to his supervisors relating to conversations overheard in 2017 at an all-hands NSC staff meeting between CIA analyst Eric Cimarella and Sean Misko regarding trying to get rid of then-President Trump, as discussed in a January 22, 2020 Real Clear Investigations article. Um, any and all records relating to any investigations conducted by the Department of Defense and or its sub-agencies and departments into alleged conversations between Misco and Cimarella, Cimarella, whatever, however you say his name, um, Cimarella. Uh, and that guy, as you all remember, was the guy that was so protected by uh, the Vindeman brothers and others involved in the phony Ukraine impeachment, which we now look back on that Donald Trump, all he did was call Zelensky and ask about rumors that he had heard about the Biden family and Burisma that have all proven true. We all saw the obvious and very uh, bizarre video of Joe Biden laughing and cheering himself on at the Council of Foreign Relations, talking about uh, holding back a billion dollars to Ukraine at the time. At, at the time, also the Guardian and the Washington Post and New York Times called Ukraine back then the most corrupt nation in the world or in the in Europe. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Joe Biden's on the stage at the Council of Foreign Relations saying that if they didn't file the fire the prosecutor looking into Burisma and his son, they would not get the billion dollars that he had no business holding back because it was already approved by Obama. Uh, and the entire room at the Council of Foreign Relations clapped at Joe Biden admitting a pay-or-play scandal to protect his son and the other people involved in Burisma. And uh, Donald Trump, as president, thinking that this might actually be a problem for our national security, made a phone call to Zelensky, which led to Nancy Pelosi fast-tracking an impeachment against Trump in Ukraine. This is as crazy. This is why uh, Seamus bringing up that Eric Holder collateral consequences memo really makes you think about a lot of this stuff that happened because the entire Ukraine situation, uh, as most people know, Zelensky ran 
uh, he was put up to run by Kolomoisky that owned Burisma, uh, obviously his benefactor. He ran on a pro-uniting Ukraine and Russia ticket. Uh, of course, we, through the Obama administration with Newland and McCain and others, uh, uh, and the Five Eyes Nations and the NATO friends uh, overthrew the duly elected uh, government in Ukraine in 2014 in a color revolution. And from that point forward, it appears that uh, George Soros and a bunch of players uh, related in America and the crown were actually the people that were uh, deciding what was going on in Ukraine. But Zelensky came in to unite. The minute that O'Biden is placed in office, then a eight-year-long war became a Russia invasion, invasion that had, you know, had nothing to do with anything other than Russia wanting to take over the democracy that apparently was Ukraine, uh, when really they broke the Minsk agreements with Russia. Uh, everyone knew, including CIA Director Burns, who was the ambassador formerly to Russia, that uh, Ukraine joining NATO was a red line. Uh, Zelensky, which most people don't even know to this day, was talking about getting nuclear weapons at the time. And on top of that, um, negotiations uh, were thwarted, uh, as many people know, early on by apparently the Five Eyes Nations, but in, in particular, um, uh, Boris Johnson, Boris, uh, what's his name? Boris Johnson. Was he the guy that was uh, over there? Uh, yes. So Boris Johnson, um, there was actually negotiations for peace, which there should be right now all over the world. But uh, anyway, this is the same guy. So it turns out that um, the the person who was very involved in the whistleblower in the Trump fake Ukraine impeachment was apparently all in and overheard and reported in 2017 for looking for ways uh, as a CIA analyst to get Trump out of office. Uh, really makes you look back at the old Ukraine impeachment and the Joe Biden pay or play and the Maidan revolution in 2014 and all of these players involved, it makes you really look at Ukraine and now the $200 billion. And of course, on stage at the UN um, uh, Pan Am Hunger Games pep rally for Agenda 2030 in September. So it's amazing, Rob, that people have such a short-term memory because really we should be looking at Ukraine all the way back to 2014 and so many people don't. And now that this big, it is not true that Russia has threatened to go into other nations. Uh, NATO is now calling up troops. They're, they're talking about kicking into a whole new level of the Russia-Ukraine proxy war. And yet this whole Ukraine story uh, is the story that just never gets told correctly. And now, you know, Judicial Watch finds out that this guy was basically trying to get rid of Trump before the Ukraine thing even happened with him, Cimarella and the impeachment. Well, clearly they were using Ukraine as a, uh, you know, a money laundering operation, trafficking, all kinds of stuff. Um, the, uh, you know, they were terrorizing the, uh, you know, the Russian Ukrainians. They were, uh, they were building, um, uh, and probably, you know, the Five Eyes and the, you know, Deep State was were building uh, bioweapons labs there. Um, so, uh, but none of this would have been able to happen if we had a fair and honest, curious uh, media. Because if you think about, you know, the White House uh, uh, working with the intel agencies and big tech censoring all this information. I remember when Event 201 about COVID uh, their run-through was mostly about narrative control. Uh, so uh, the voting was about, you know, censoring you if you uh, were an election denier. Uh, Ukraine, um, you, know, you, you couldn't talk about that. The Hunter laptop, you know, all of this is about narrative control. So this is 
So, so a, a lot of these things, with, with if there was light shed on any of these topics, they wouldn't have been able to to move the ball forward. Uh, they would have failed. Uh, but, but so we have a, a massive, massive problem in this country, and that's why it's so important for uh, you know voices uh, like yours and other independent media to be elevated because uh, we are not getting uh, you know any news whatsoever. We're actually getting massively propagandized that allows these uh, deep state and globalist players to manipulate uh, you know, the, the entire world to their favor. So all of that is falling apart. And um, I'm excited to see uh, all of this stuff coming out uh, as horrific as it is. Uh, anything that, that, you know, the light is a very uh, antiseptic thing and, and the darkness is, is, uh, cannot exist in the light. So great job, Malway. Yeah. Really appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, but again, we need to also realize that these people, they are very, uh, they've had many, many years on, on fair and free and, and transparency and all of this. And we have to remember that a lot of things that happened during the 2020 election uh, were based on um, manipulation of the public, on lies. Uh, you know, I call it the pandemic. You brought up Event 201. I always bring up the Election Integrity Project with Podesta and Eisen and um, Rosa Brooks and uh, Dunn and all those people that gamed out all the scenarios for how Trump could win the election a year before 2020. Uh, I'm not so sure that the pandemic isn't part of that, but I do know that they got away because of the pandemic with changing a lot of the voting rules uh, with illegally, basically. So um, we do have to start talking about the 2024 election. It's 10 months away. Obviously, Trump will be the candidate as far as I see and I believe. Uh, I know you do too, Rob, um, but here's the truth. Uh, a lot of things happened in 2020 that have not been rolled back that were put in place for the, uh, we'll let Joe Biden tell you why they were put in place. Um, can you play the Joe Biden clip about the 2020 election machine? We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Never yes, underestimate yeah. Joe Biden's ability to F things <laughs> up, said Obama once. And, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta give it to this guy. Unbelievable. Look at how he looked then compared to how he looks now three years later. It's shocking. At least he got um, the word down. It was a word salad. I know, but he still looked like a human then with a normal face, not with a clay face and giant eyes. It's very strange. Three years. Woof. What a disaster. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. But I do want to say that a lot of the um, a lot of the things that were put in place, you know, um, ballot uh, boxes, uh, mail in voting, uh, everyone, some of these states sending out um, millions upon millions upon millions of, of voting credentials to I mean, uh, voting ballots in the mail to people without even checking if they even existed anymore, if they were still in the state. I mean, so much happened. Um, but what we do know is that um, the uh, Zuckerberg Chan Foundation, uh, all of you are familiar with them, I'm pretty sure, they were very involved. Um, the Center for Tech and Civic Life uh, was a big part of what happened in, um, in a lot of these places. And a lot of the changes that were made uh, during the 2020 election 
uh, were done uh, in in uh, because of and facilitated and a lot of training because of the Zuckerbucks, as they call them. So um, where we are now is we have to, 10 months out only, look at a lot of places where uh, I don't think they're going to be able to pull off another pandemic, Rob. So shouldn't people be uh, in their counties and local areas uh, fighting to reverse the, uh, dis- the changes that were made during COVID to the election laws? Oh, 100%. I mean, we need uh, all hands on deck. We need to be talking to our all of our election officials, getting involved, showing up. Um, uh, we've talked uh, many times about the stakes that are on the table here, and they couldn't be higher. Uh, if you believe that uh, this country should survive, if you have kids, grandkids, if you have any sense of, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, honor at all, as far as I'm concerned, that, that you need to fight like your life depends on it, because quite frankly, it probably does. Yeah, and we have to remember back to all these people that were trying to change um, illegally, trying, or many of them did illegally change many things under the guise of having to do it for the pandemic. Remember that creepy video that Mark Zuckerberg put out, Rob, um, during right before the 2020 election, saying that it would take weeks maybe months to figure out who won the 2020 election because of COVID. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people remember that creepy video and kind of we're all thinking, why is Mark Zuckerberg putting out a video to everyone that um, there's going to be problems? And then we saw many, many states change election laws. But um, what people uh, do know is that Mark Zuckerberg put over 300 million, they say, into the 2020 election. So more than half the states in the country have passed strict bans on private financing of elections after Mark Zuckerberg, uh, oh, 400 million to turn elections uh, offices into left-wing get-out-the-vote operations in 2020. Um, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and there were many other places where um, uh, he had set up shop through different NGOs and small groups all over the country, but that was one that was particularly, because uh, Wisconsin was one of the states, Michigan, Atlanta, uh, all of these places uh, is where he went in. And so many of these places have been challenged. So they no longer can get money directly from uh, Mark Zuckerberg's group. Uh, so that that is good. That is the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Uh, what is not good is that they have rebranded themselves. So the Center for Tech and Civic Life has actually um, rebranded itself so that they can avoid that. So um, Arizona County, you, they, have now, they now have something called the U.S. Alliance for Election Excellence, uh, an $80 million venture launched in 2022 by left-wing nonprofits to systematically influence every aspect of election administration and uh, basically, according to the Federalists, advanced Democrat-backed voting policies in local election offices. So basically what it looks like happened here is that um, Zuckerberg and his his group, they realized that they could not this time directly fund these groups. So what they've done is they've gone in and they um, have opened this new uh agency or whatever it's called. Um, it is uh, a group, um, U.S. Alliance for Election Excellence. And so uh, U.S. Alliance for Ex- Election Excellence is a left-of-center election reform nonprofit. It's supposed to be 
bipartisan, but at this point when I hear bipartisan, I just put in globalist uh, because that fits a lot better into what they're doing here. So uh, it was created by Zuckerberg's Center for Tech and Civic Life, wink, wink. They're not getting involved in the elections this time, Rob. Certainly not on a local level, at least not directly. So basically, um, this would allow them to finance the training of local election officials and processes, similar to what they did in 2020 with CTCL. Um, When Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, Priscilla Chan, funded thousands of local election offices around the country uh, in in the form of COVID-19 relief grants. Um, and we called them Zuckerbucks and, uh, think, favorite democratic counties and cities in key battleground states, all five of the contested states, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona. Um, you know, uh, now we're at 20 states that have banned it since. So, uh, what has happened is that, um, they have announced this U S Alliance for election excellence. Um, the Alliance is, uh, officially nonpartisan, as I said, It is sponsored by something else called the Audacious Project, which is supported by the Bridgespan Group. And guess who else, Rob? The New Venture Fund, which is part of the Arabella Advisors Network and uh, will be out there. So uh, everyone is back in the game and, and aligned with also the Silicon Valley Community Foundation. So it appears what's happening here is that Mark Zuckerberg and his friends and uh, his the left-wing oligarch billionaires uh, like uh, Hansberg Weiss and George Soros, they have gotten the band back together for 2024. The good news is that you can go look up uh, this group, this, uh, this uh, alliance, and you can see what they're doing in your local community. And guess what? You can go and uh, participate because it's nonpartisan. So part of their funding and their ability to do this is that they in fact are nonpartisan. So I would say to everyone out there, you know, look up this group in your area. Uh, I'm pulling up their website right now so I can tell you where they are. I I think the way they they do this, uh, obviously most of these, uh, you know, they have massive legal uh, teams, right? Uh, And they, they, figure out all these different little loopholes. And uh, their main objective is to, uh, you know, money and influence to get into these, uh, these local communities where they can, you know, train, hire, coach, get equipment in there, you know, and they get their little, their little grubby hands in the system. Um, And they're using, uh, and I think Seamus was talking about this, uh, they're using the First Amendment as a as cover so saying that it's nonpartisan for it's election just a, into, for, yeah for uh, yeah. for the uh yeah you're right you i just wanted to bring up the word it's not cover right. they're they're using like pop-ups and and ngos and that are just like coming up right for the election and and then they use them and um it's not it's it's just a it's a way to circumvent that these these particular states that matter the most the swing states have outlawed zuckerbucks so this is just the same thing and i want you to know where they have centers um so that you know because if they are bipartisan then anyone can go there and i encourage trump supporters to go get involved over at the uh election uh excellence organization centers so they have them in uh, Arizona, they have a couple in California, Connecticut, Georgia, Illinois, couple in Illinois, Missouri, Nevada, uh, North Carolina, Utah, Wisconsin, and uh, it's growing by the day. 
So uh, you can go and find out what they're doing over there and be proactive in um, in uh, election excellence uh, over there with the Zuckerberg Chan Foundation. Now, also, I want to say that the partner in this project is the Audacious Project. Uh, the Audacious Project is a project of the TED Foundation, which funds organizations intended to catalyze positive large-scale social impact. Um, but what you don't know is that the partner, um, that the Audacious Project, the partner of this uh, election alliance with Zuckerberg, happens to also have um, the Audacious Project spent $2 billion between 2018 and 2020 uh, for environmental and social justice, and its funding comes from Bill and Melinda Gates. So uh, here we go again. The globalist billionaire oligarch are interfering in our elections, taking away free and fair elections from all the people under the guise of um, of get out the vote efforts all the way back to ACORN. We remember all of that. But we have to be very honest with ourselves about what are we doing to counter all of this. And if they are not uh, looking at what's going on in court and then they jump to uh, all of these different situations. Well, it's time for us to get involved because we got the Democracy Alliance involved, the Democracy Fund, which is Omidar, one of the globalist billionaire oligarchs I talk about a lot. And we got always Arabella Partners. So these groups right now are organizing for 2024. So when people on our side are getting together, and I don't say side because I don't think that, uh, as Carrie Lake proved, and we've said for now four years. Uh, the GOP, RNC, DNC, Win Red, Act Blue, they're all part of the Uniparty. They're all fully controlled by the globalist billionaire oligarch uh, that have captured our nation. Uh, our, our, our elections are fully bought and paid for. People are selected. And again, like, uh, like Carol Quigley told us in uh, Tragedy and Hope, they keep the parties just close enough and just far away to maintain the uh, illusion of choice while we the people are totally discounted at the end of the day. And it doesn't matter which side you're on. This is just a fact that's going on here. So the Center for Civic Design, they have all these different groups involved here, but it's up to you to go look in your area where these are. You can obviously get involved and just go to their website and show up and go to an orientation meeting. Um, again, I also want to tell you, not just the Audacious Project is involved, but also a bridge span group, a nonprofit consulting firm that has worked with uh, many far left organizations, of course, including the Rockefeller Foundation and Planned Parenthood. Um, audacious other members are, Rob, would you believe it? The Skull Foundation, shocking, uh, the Skull, you know, participant media has to be found in there since, uh, you know, Hollywood's running Joe Biden's wag the dog campaign for the next year. And um, all these people. So we got to be proactive at this point and um, really be honest with ourselves what we're dealing with. And on a bigger picture, what we're dealing with is um, if you could play as we wrap it up, uh, the clip of Mark, I mean, of George Soros's son, Alex Soros, in a panel in Davos, which is why I tell you it is the globalist billionaire oligarchy that wants to stop Trump and we the people and the MAGA movement and the nationalist movement and those of us that believe in nationalism and America first, uh, please play George Soros' son, Alex Soros, in the panel on elections at Davos last week. Um, but, um, you know, I, um, I don't think that that's the, I don't think that that's the fundamental, I don't think the technology is the fundamental issue uh, in, in democracy. Democracy is messy. I mean, you know, democracy is about contestation of ideas. It's about uh, plurality. Um, it's about 
people having different truths actually now. Mm. Um, <laughs> fundamentally, uh, how society lives together um, civically um, in those in those contestations um, is you know is obviously uh, is obviously. Um, you know, quite, uh, quite, uh, you know, quite tricky. But I think that if we play too much on this disinformation card, we're taking responsibility away from ourselves to actually create a narrative that inspires people to vote and to believe, uh, you know, in um, uh, in uh, in democracy and democratic um, institutions. And on the institutional part, I think that we can talk about uh, institutions as these abstract things, but institutions are also about people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, know, um, you know, we just heard this, this, this point about untrustworthy people, and we talked about things in the United States like, you know, like um, checks and balances, which aren't written anywhere, but are customs. And one man, Donald Trump, literally came in and just took that, you know, took that, took that all away. Um, you know, so, um, you know, so, um, you know, but when I see this, you know, when I look at this, um, you know, um, you know, uh, more globally regarding regarding you know regarding democracy. I also say to myself, when was this great time that everybody got along so well, and you know things were going so so great? I mean, I think you know, um, um, you know the um, you know I think that we really have to be careful here in you know in this nostalgia. Well, you know what? Uh, first and foremost, Alex Soros, I know that hey, you, were, you were can educated. You, yeah. Can you, can, you, can you decipher that? Because as far as I'm concerned, that was, um, that was the, uh, the Poison Ivy League dumbed down word salad of a, uh, you know, a, a controller dark, a globalist who uh, is basically just uh, laughing at, uh, you know, the, the serfs and telling us the way that the world is going to work. Well, not just that. He is a a child of one of them. He is not even them. He is a, this is why we call out the Poison Ivy League and the grooming that happens in the private schools and the boarding schools and the places he went. And then they go into the Poison Ivy League and then their parents put them in positions of power as this kid has been. But I'll tell you, he's been running around for a long time. And uh, first and foremost, his education failed him because in fact, in the constitution, which he says, this does not exist. In fact, that is where separation of powers is established. So he said in there that it's not established that there's separation of powers. First thing he said wrong, of course, because in the first article of the Constitution, Alex Soros, all legislative powers shall be vested in the Congress. That is one. Second article vests the executive power in a president. Third article places the judicial power of the United States in the Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as Congress may establish. So in fact, Alex Soros, the Constitution of the United States, where you are not uh, you know, in any way aligned, uh, and you also, you are the one, not Donald Trump, that suspended everything because your billionaire oligarch father and his friends aligned with the World Economic Forum and the multinational corporations and the international banking cartel have captured our nation and suspended essentially by going direct to the people, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, and paid off so many politicians from legal to national to to local, not to mention what you've done to economies and throwing over governments and color revolutions the open society has been involved in, um, you know, on on a panel about about, uh, elections. 
when uh, your father's right-hand man, Lord Moloch Brown, ran Smartmatic during the 2020 elections, now runs the Open Society on top of all of that, that he is on the stage. Because, Rob, a lot of people were playing the clip on uh, Twitter, uh, X, of um, Sergey Brin and, um, and Klaus Schwab from 2017 talking about AI would replace the need for elections in democratic societies because AI would know uh, what everyone thinks and the algorithm would be able to replace elections. And everyone thought, ooh, well, that was in 2017. And Dr. Epstein and uh, Zach Voorhees and others told us that, in fact, uh, Google uh, was very, very instrumental in manipulating elections, not just in 2020, but well before that in uh, in 20. Um, 2016 and before that. Uh, but uh, in fact, Alex Soros again is wrong because he's saying that democracy, democracy, this is the lie. This is the gaslighting. This is what's going on. This is what the Democrats parrot. And it's all coming from the NGOs, one of them, open society of his father. America is not a democracy. And in fact, again, um, you know, Alex Craner had a great Substack act out today um, that I would recommend to people. It is called Why the Oligarchs Love Democracy. And uh, he actually talked about this panel with Alex Soros and a lot of the different panels in uh, Davos last week where the Global Public-Private Partnership of the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and all of the multinational corporations that are their partners and the international banking cartel got together to talk about Agenda 2030 and how to get back on track and regain trust and fight disinformation. Um, Alex Soros was up there with a bunch of people talking about all of the nations that will be going to the ballot box. And uh, in that conversation, again, talks about us being a, um, a democracy. Uh, again, 51% ruling over 49. But the truth of the matter is that this doesn't come from him. It comes from the idea that I said earlier about Alexander Hamilton and some of the things written in the Federalist Papers about the problems with democracy and that the fastest way to a dictatorship or a monarchy, again, they found after much research, was a straight democracy, which is why we are a constitutional republic, Alex Soros. But again, uh, this isn't a surprise because his own father a long time ago told us, uh, you know, as, as Alex Craner questions, so in what way did Donald Trump ruin democracy? Uh, but it turns out that one of the big ways was uh, Donald Trump going after the globalist uh, tentacles. He ended the World Health Organization funding. He ended the Paris Climate Accords, which is the grift that is uh, human-caused climate change, climate emergency, whatever you want to call that. He pulled out of the uh, cancerous and toxic for our children and the world UNESCO. He uh, was going to dissolve uh, NATO because he knew they couldn't play their fair share. And meanwhile, he also believed uh, in the Minsk agreements and keeping that treaty and being honest, unlike Merkel admitted that they were not, and also uh, believed that Reagan had promised to not expand NATO. And again, we were paying for that. We also are paying the biggest share for the United Nations itself, which I think he would have gone after. But Alex Soros's father, of course, George Soros, the king of democracy or open societies and no borders and global governance, along with a lot of his pals, um, he said that, um, 
The original mission was to defend the free world against the Soviet empire. If NATO has any mission at all, it is to protect its power and influence in that region. So Soros had written a whole, I think we have a, a picture of the Soros 1993 uh, NATO and the New World Order document um, that people can look up and read if you do not know about this. It is on the Open Society website, folks. So um, if you look at all these people panicking um, in Davos this past week, and then you look at what they're saying about Donald Trump ruining democracy and all of this, you have to question what democracy are they talking about? And are they talking about the global governance uh, plans rather than a particular democracy? Uh, more than that, um, Donald Trump also winning a second presidency uh, apparently would be a problem um, for George Soros as he is speaking out uh, openly as well as his son because it might cause a problem in their first uh, piece of their Hunger Games world, the EU. Um, and also never forget that a big issue for them was the uh, German people and the Russian people ever aligning together uh, was a big problem uh, for the neocons and for the globalist warmongers. Um, and I just want to remind everyone that uh, the defense minister of Ukraine uh, in 2022, before Zelensky got rid of him, maybe because of this interview, he came out and he said, at the NATO summit in Madrid in June of 2022, with O'Biden, of course, it was clearly delineated that over the coming decade, the main threat to the alliance would be the Russian Federation. Today, Ukraine is eliminating that threat we are carrying out NATO's mission today. They aren't shedding their blood. We're shedding our blood. Uh, and that the uh, admitted that the war in Ukraine was really about um, NATO destroying the Russian Federation. So whatever is going on in the world, uh, the biggest fear right now is that Donald Trump will destroy the globalist billionaire oligarchy run global governance plans of Agenda 2030 and not, in fact, uh, any kind of democracy, certainly not the Constitutional Republic of the United States of America. So on that note, Rob, um, we will wrap it up uh, with some uh, more good news about the globalist, uh, uh, you know, falling apart. Tedros is very, very upset after Davos that the World Health Organization treaty may fall apart and that the global pandemic problem that is global, of course, and needs global governance will be uh, destroyed because of lies and conspiracy theories about the World Health Organization and its treaty. So uh, Davos was a big success, I feel like, for freedom, for people mm. that believe in their nation states, and yep. for people that believe that um, we should auto-determine our own nation's destiny and work in cooperation with other nations without invading them or turning them into globalist puppet nations. So uh, a lot of success happened last week, and uh, I think we'll go from there. But any last words, Rob, on all these developments? Well, um, the uh, globalist psychopathic murderers, I, I just don't want to be led by them. It's just not the direction I want to go. So I'm really glad that all of this is coming out. Um, we've there, There's so many wins that we went over today. As you said, Davos was... Uh, you know, there was so much pushback there. People are really starting to see it. Uh, even Trump uh, was was talking about, uh, you know, that we, will, you know, that there will be no uh, central bank digital currency. Um, right. People are, are understanding the uh, the uh, the maniacal global control aspect of these people, and it's because of uh, 
shows like ours and, and all of our friends who do the same thing and all of you out there that participate uh, in, um, in free thought and standing and, and being strong and not being shut down by, by those with no information. Mel, what I thought is really important that you said is that, you know, a lot of people always say to you, to us, what can I do? I'm just one person. We always give them things. Uh, I think what you mentioned today is super important, which is understanding some of these, uh, uh, these, uh, these, you know, these, these money centers, the, the, whether they're NGOs or, or nonprofits in local elections that are trying to subvert election. And if people are looking for things to do, this is direct action. Uh, this is a, a, you know, a type of a very positive infiltration um, and it could be very destructive or disruptive as we've seen with the school boards. If we just show up, right? And our yeah. local communities and uncover these, these uh, insidious uh, groups that are pushing these agendas that we need to understand that we need to get in there. We need to push back on them. So thank you for bringing that to our light. Um, I, I encourage everyone to go back to the last few minutes of the show, take some notes and find those groups in your local area. Um, you know, we so much appreciate everyone for, for what you're doing and we got this, we just got to keep pushing harder and harder and harder. Um, and, uh, we thank you for all your support. Thank you for Mel, Mel, for everything you're doing. And, um, I really appreciate, uh, uh, having another day with all of our, uh, our friends in planet chaos. Yeah. And I just want to end on that. Um, they, we are doing as much as we can do. They are, they're decades ahead of us in, uh, subverting, circumventing, manipulating. Again, I do not believe that it's the left or right Republican Democrat. I truly believe that the 2024 election is about America, uh, remaining America, our constitution, our bill of rights, our borders, language, culture, our future destiny and our, uh, auto determination going into the future or, a uh we will become cogs in a globalist wheel a a you know a hunger games type ward nations uh uh global um you know entity maybe that treaty of north america and we won't even at, be able to have borders uh between mexico america and canada because that is their plan you can look back to kissinger's plans or many of the other plans from any of these groups they do not hide it but i do not want to be a global citizen i want to be a proud american citizen but i do want to cooperate with the rest of the world but the globalist lie of the uh, tentacles of the united nations wef world health organization as charlie robinson calls it in his great book the octopus of global control is not the future that i want for this nation or for any nation in the the world and i believe 2024 is the year that the nation state and the proud individuals that live in the nations around the world take back the pride in their nation the pride in their country their country's history their country's future and their country's destiny and find ways to find peace and work together above all else i firmly believe that donald trump is the only person that can avoid uh an escalation of world war three which i think that they they've already drug us into but um, frankly, nobody should be dying on planet Earth in 2024 for any reason whatsoever having to do with war about anything. It should be all about negotiating and, and sovereign nations, finding ways to cooperate with other sovereign nations that are positive for humanity and the world. So another reason I, I, I do fully, fully uh, pray every day that that's the direction we head. Again, 
please go look at the Center for Civic Design, Center for Secure and Modern Elections, Center for Secure and Modern Election Action, Center for Tech and Civic Life, which is Zuckerberg's uh, group, Institute for Responsive Government and others, and find, uh, you know, if these places are saying, if all these election groups and election fairness and an audacious group, if they are all really for free and fair and open elections for American citizens to only vote and have our, our votes counted, uh, and they are really nonprofit, well, then they should welcome every MAGA, every Republican, every independent that wants to be involved should uh, be able to walk through their doors and learn what they're doing uh, so that we can all work together for, as they call it, um, election integrity. Uh, so get involved where you are. There's lots of opportunities. And uh, you know what? Bipartisans, bipartisan. So go take advantage of that. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it was a long show. As always, there's so much going on and we didn't cover, you know, we only covered a quarter of what I think we should have. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, I hope you learned something. We will see you next time. Please like, share. Um, please also, I'm having a hard time. So I'm very, very shadow banned or whatever's going on in my rebuild. So at X, at Mel K Show, I'd appreciate it there. And trying to build also Instagram as long as I survive. It's up to Zuckerbucks, uh, apparently. But uh, the Mel K Show at Instagram. Thank you so much. Have a great night. And God bless you. God bless America. We got this. Don't worry about that. Just get out there and be a part of the saving America for us and our children. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you soon.